I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ho, 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 happy Christmas Eve, Rush Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's Christmas Eve. We are one day away from the big man gracing our living rooms with his presence. That was a terrible pun. I didn't even know I did it. I'm joined once again by my partner in crime, Ash. Happy Christmas Eve, man. Uh, How are you doing after your isolation period? Happy Christmas Eve. Yeah, I'm doing good. All, All clear and ready for Christmas now. Nice to be not in uh, not in isolation over over Christmas, which was the main thing. Did you benefit from the rule change from ten to seven days? I did, yeah, yeah. So I should be out. I should have been out tomorrow, but yeah, because I had the two because I had the two negatives in a row. I was able to go out today, which was good. Or well, yesterday actually was the first day I went out. Did you do anything good? Did you? No, not really. No, <laughs> didn't, yeah. went food shopping. Pretty, oh, nice. Yeah. That's about it, really. What are, you, what are your plans for Christmas? Uh, going to my grandparents, and then uh, there's about six or seven of us meeting up in the evening um, just for a few drinks and a few ball games and stuff like that. So it should be good. How about yourself? Well, currently awaiting a PCR test for my wife and son. So, oh, no. Yeah, that could. Uh, the worst bit about that is it's a 72 hour window, apparently, and we haven't heard back yet. So if we don't hear by. No way. What technically I'm supposed to stay here until I yeah. hear. are the elves in the PCR office working Christmas Day? Like, what's the crack with that? I did madness, absolutely oh, madness. Yeah, so, not not ideal time in that. No, no, but hey, it will be what it will be, and they're both okay. So that's the thing that matters at the moment. Ash, we oh, are good. what a third, nearly halfway into bowl season. At the yep. start of bowl season, I was very excited about there being football every day. 
I've decided that Ford games every other day would have been better because I can't keep on top of what's happening. And the news <laughs> that we're about to go through, I've missed so much of this because of X, Y, and Z. So I'm glad you're here to put this new slate together because I've missed quite a bit of this. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of crazy week, to be fair, mainly uh, mainly regarding transfers. but Yeah, and quite a few people that we mentioned on the last pod about perhaps stepping out of their bowl games and declaring has has happened you know the people mm. i guess it was fairly obvious the people we mentioned the that weren't gonna perhaps play most of them have, have come out and said i'm gonna be declaring for the draft and, and rightly so in my opinion yeah definitely yes yeah, there's, there's some that are not not that surprising to be fair so it's, it's it happens every year uh we just sort of have to expect it now yeah 100 percent. before we dive into the news tom I don't really know what Tom's expecting of me, but he sent me his mock draft today. His first mock draft is finished. Um, I assume he wants it out before the games start, perhaps for real in the NFL this Sunday, so the, the the schedule doesn't really change for draft picks, for instance. But yeah, he's got two New York Giants picks at five and six, I think, and um, they are very New York Giants picks. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, yeah, I'll, uh, you'll have to wait to read that one, Rush Nation. When I do get it out, it might even come out Christmas morning. as a bit of a bit of something to read if you are, for some reason, reading football articles on Christmas morning. Right, Ash. Let's get into the news. Starting off with Texas A and M, they are out of the gate of bowl against Wake Forest. They've had to pull out of the bowl game due to a huge COVID nineteen outbreak and some season ending injuries, which has left them unfortunately unable to field a team, which is. Considering Texas A&M are what the number one ranked team for this year's recruitment cycle, uh, it's this massive news for them. And then obviously they've reportedly only got 38 scholarship players available and only 13 on defense. So that would basically mean 60 minutes of football for the whole defensive side of the football. So with them not being able to field a team, Rutgers has been announced as the replacement opponents for Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, big shame for Texas a They've had a good season, and there's, there's a few few guys leaving this year that that may well have been involved in the in the bowl game that, that now won't be. But uh, yeah, bad news for them. I think Rutgers. So Rutgers, uh, I put it on here that they've been announced. They haven't officially been announced. However, they're the team that's been offered and are, and are expected to accept the position. They were the next team up that missed out on a on a bowl game with their six and seven record. They had three non-conference victories, which has sort of pushed them right to the top of the teams that are not currently competing. This is probably not going to be the last we'll see of uh, teams <laughs> having to pull out as well, unfortunately, with with everything that's going on over, over in America still. So I uh, expect to see more teams pulling out. And hopefully, like they've done with the with Rutgers, they've they've brought in a team that's been able to uh, to play in, in the place of Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you've only got to look at what's happening in the NFL with players going down with COVID literally every 10 minutes. My phone is telling me that a player is now on the COVID list. And even just just here at home, the amount of people I now know with COVID, like you, I mean, you've had it twice, yeah. unfortunately. And yeah, I know. the amount of people I know, I mean, I'm waiting on results for two thirds of my family. And the first couple of waves, I didn't know anybody who had it. And now it's as close to me as it could possibly get without me having, having it touch wood. So it, it, with it being so rife here is, Obviously, the American trend followed us, and and it's just this new variant is everywhere, and it's getting everywhere quick. So it's unsurprising, and you're right to say that this won't possibly be the last bowl game that we'll see with replacements being thrown in. 
Moving on, we've got former Georgia Tech running back Jameer Gibbs has announced his transfer to Alabama, so the rich gets richer. Gibbs spent the last two seasons with the Yellow Jackets and was one of the highest-rated running backs in the country in 2021. So huge, huge news this for Alabama and their running back room. Yeah, this is a massive pickup for 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 Bama. Um, really, he's one of the top top running backs in the country. Um, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a very good replacement for them. I think obviously they have Brian Robinson Senior this year, who did it, who did a good job. He did a stand up job for them, but he isn't a, he wasn't an exceptional talent that they've had previous years at running back. And Jameer Gibbs coming in, he is an exceptional talent and is is a highly rated running back. I think he was one of the top rated in his in his freshman year, and he had a very solid year with um, with Georgia Tech. So expect big things, big things from him and Bryce Young next year. Definitely, so it's a really really good transfer for Bama and Gibbs, uh, and not for the rest of the uh, not for the rest of the college football community and, and <laughs> other programs. Yeah, look for him to be snapped up early doors in the showdown next year that is mm. for sure former usc quarterback caden slovis is staying in school just not with usc which was pretty obvious really with <laughs> how things have gone on down there at the quarterback room slovis has announced his transfer to Pitt, and he's going to step into the shoes who that kenny pickett filled and obviously we've seen kenny pickett has declared for the draft so this one yeah. is I, i'm not sure if i think Obviously, Kenny Pickett had a career year this year and it w- was unbelievable for Pitt, but I just don't think Keaton Slovis is, is as good as Kenny Pickett. No, I don't think he's as good either. Um, it's an interesting move, to be honest. I think if... I don't know, because Slovis, up until he got hurt, had was having a great year. Mm. Um, not quite on his freshman year, uh, but, it, but an improvement on the... I'd say it was on par with last year. Um, again, obviously the the COVID hit USC last year, missed a few games. Slovis was injured at times last year as well, and he had a very up and down twenty twenty one before he got hurt. And I agree, I don't think he's a he's 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 not as good as Pickett, um, but I think it's a good move for him. He's he's obviously decided that USC is that's that's it for him. Obviously. There's big changes going on there and whether he already had the conversation with Riley and, and has realised that he wasn't part of it and has decided to uh, decided to move on. But it's an interesting move. I think it will keep Pitt competitive. I think Slovis is enough to run this offence, uh, but definitely a, a, a step down from, from Pickett. Another quarterback movement, which I had no idea about, and I messaged you this earlier when I saw the show, Doc, is that Bonix has announced his transfer to Oregon for the 2022 season. Nick's, as we mentioned, left Auburn after three seasons with 7,251 passing yards, 39 touchdowns. Nick's is going to be joining up with his former Auburn OC and quarterback coach, Denny Dillingham, who is the new Oregon OC. They spent two years working together and Nick's won the SEC Freshman of the Year when working alongside Dillingham. So he's moving into a team where he's familiar with the coaching staff. However, we talked about, I don't remember his name, but you mentioned Oregon having a five-star quarterback, freshman quarterback in that room. Are they not expecting him to take the step up in his second year and, and start? Or is this going to be a fight? Or is Anthony Brown going to declare? Is he? What's his story? I'm not quite sure on him. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. They, 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 you are right. They've got a, they've got a 
obviously Anthony Brown there, who I'm not sure what he's going to be doing this year. And they've got, um, I can't remember what the, there is a five-star, um, there is a five-star quarterback called uh, Ty Thompson, um, who, as you say, obviously they, uh, they clearly, well, they want to bring in some competition or, or, or maybe they, as you say, they don't feel he's ready and they want another player for a year to, uh, to help with that transition. Um, I think Anthony Brown has in fact gone. I don't, is he, I, I assume he's declared for the draft. I'm just having a quick look now, but I know that he is leaving um, after the bowl game. Uh, he He's starting, it was announced last week that he'll be starting their bowl game. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming that he is draft eligible. Yeah, he must be because this is his fifth year. So he's clearly, well, he's leaving college. Whether he, he gets taken in the draft or not remains to be seen. I would be surprised if he does, but mm-hmm. we've seen crazier things. So, yes, um, Nick's is going to be in a battle with Ty Thompson and a couple of other guys that are, that are still in town as well. Um, and and Nick's is coming off of a great year um, and a great career with Auburn. He's had he's had a few up and downs himself, but he is a solid quarterback. I'm surprised he hasn't declared. Uh, to be honest with you, he would he's going into his sophomore, so he would this the coming season, so he would have been able to declare a year earlier. Um, but uh, sorry, no, he's going into his senior year, um, yeah. not his sophomore year. So he would have been able to declare this year, uh, but has decided not to. So surprising move, but a good move for him going to Oregon if he can win that starting starting job over Thompson. Yeah, uh, and and perhaps he sees it as a with what we saw of Oregon early in the season, and you know they beat the Buckeyes, and then sort of a couple of losses to Utah late in the season, sort of finished off their playoff run, but. I wonder if he thinks that there's more chance he can get to the playoffs with Oregon than perhaps Auburn. And and if he does, because he didn't declare, like you said, then he sees this as a, well, his last shot to to make a claim for one of the top quarterbacks in the draft class. And yes, this class is weak for quarterbacks, but yeah, Knicks did have a good year. And perhaps getting to the playoffs or at least winning the, the Pac-12 would be a a big badge for Bo Nix to take to, with his draft capital. So, yeah, an, an interesting one, one that flew well under my radar and I, I didn't even see it. And when I, I thought, wow, that's... It's a shame Jord isn't here to talk some Pac-12, but we've, we've spent long enough talking about Oregon there. Let's move on. Three QBs are transferring. Former UCF quarterback Gabriel Dillon. Isn't it Dillon Gabriel? Yes. Yeah, you've done me there, Ash, with the reading. <laughs> but I picked it up. Former UCF quarterback... Dylan Gabriel has announced his transfer to UCLA. The Bruins are expecting DTR, which is Dorian Thompson Robinson, for those not familiar with the shortened version. They're expecting him to declare for the draft and have made their move early to find his replacement. I'm assuming they know that DTR is going to declare, right? Otherwise, you don't make this yeah. move. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, um, I believe he has to. He's a senior, so he, he, has, right. to, he has to leave. This is a great move for UCLA. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised when I heard that Gabriel was leaving UCF. Um, he's obviously yeah decided to uh, to to land in UCLA, and as I say, it's it's a massive get for them. He has had two incredible years in his freshman and sophomore year for UCF, and then unfortunately this year, I mean, in three games, I think he threw over 800 yards, and again was one of the top was one of the most highly rated quarterbacks before he got injured uh, and his season finished. So yeah, this is, this is a solid, solid pickup for UCLA. 
and uh, and Chip Kelly. Yeah, big time news. Another quarterback, former LSU quarterback Max Johnson, is heading over to the Texas A&M Aggies. Johnson has three years of eligibility left and joins his brother, tight end Jake Johnson, who's recently committed to the Aggies from the 2022 recruiting class. So Texas A&M go from having nobody in the Gator Bowl to, to having Max Johnson in, in their quarterback room. Yeah, and to be honest, this shouldn't be too surprising. Um, obviously, John, both Johnsons, Jay, um, Jake and, and Max, both left UCF at uh, LSU at the same time. And uh, obviously, as you say, Jake, Jake Johnson has committed to the Aggies and shortly followed by his brother Max. And it was a good time for him to move. Obviously, uh, the news came out that Miles Brennan is now not leaving USC. Uh, oh, God, I'm getting my team's well modeled up. <laughs> LSU, he is he is staying. He's withdrawn his um, transfer portal request, probably because in, in part of, of this news, he... He is. He knows he's going to be the, uh, the the quarterback for the for at least for the short term in in LSU, and uh, and yeah, Texas A and M get themselves a, a capable uh, quarterback there to compete with Haynes King. Obviously, Calzada is uh, is in the transfer portal, and, and let's be honest, didn't do a great job. King was a bit up and down before his injury with A and M, so he's got a he's got a battle on his hands now with uh, with Johnson heading in. Who who less who, who who had a good year with LSU in a year that was very up and down for them as a program. Max Johnson went about his 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 job very well in in the relief of Miles Brennan. I think he went he went two thousand eight hundred yards and twenty seven or twenty eight touchdowns and yeah looked very capable at times in his second year as a as a as a as a college player. So and that's that's all they want over at A and M, right? Or the way we've seen them play their offense. You know they had uh, like you mentioned, Calzada wasn't really the guy. Haynes King didn't impress at the start of the season. I mean, it was a quarterback battle right up until week one. And the way they, they play their football, Max Johnson can slide right in there and be Max Johnson and, and fit the scheme perfectly. So it, it is a superb move for them. And I I mean, if Jake Johnson gets the start in tight end role, those two could have to be some backyard football link up right there for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems to be quarterback news galore, Ash, as we move to Florida and that's Quarterback Emery Jones plans to enter the transfer portal after four seasons. Jones intends to play in the Gasparilla Bowl against UCF. However, he is willing to join any school he looks <laughs> as any, he's willing to join any school as he looks for a place that helps develop me and prepares me for the next level. So that basically smacks to me that he just wants to, to get a job. He's not bothered where he plays. He just wants somebody to come and get him. Yeah, he wants to put himself on paper for one last year. Obviously, as we know, this was supposed to be his year as the Florida quarterback. Anthony Robinson had a um, Anthony Richardson had other ideas, and and of course, et into his work and, and impressed at times. And now he looks like he's going to be the man in Florida next year. And Jones has got one more one more year left, and and a year that he wants to try and prove himself. I'm, I mean, there's so many quarterbacks still available, despite the ones that have already announced their transfers in in the portal at the moment. I'm I'm going to be very intrigued to see where Jones falls. Cincinnati still need a quarterback for next year. Obviously, I thought it would be Nick. So I thought that was a perfect a perfect landing spot for him. That's obviously not happened. So. It, there's still, yeah, as I say, there's still a lot of quarterbacks out there, but there's still a lot of uh, a lot of programs to fill fill a need as well. So Jones sees that and is uh, is obviously 
is obviously um, making his move. As, but as you say, he's going to be playing in the Gasparilla Bowl against UCF along. I think I think Richardson's available. I can't remember if he's if he's back from injury or not. But that will be Jones's last game with uh, with the Gators. Peek behind the uh, curtain, Rush Nation. You you may have heard us say he's going to be playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. That is because we are recording this technically before that has been played. But as far as you know, it's Christmas Eve. So we'll slide nicely onto some draft declarations. As we mentioned, Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett is going to skip the Peach Bowl against Michigan State and start his preparations for the 22 draft. Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker III will also be skipping the bowl game to focus on the draft. Ash, no surprises here. We called this both. I mean, it yeah. wasn't as if we were making original comments. These two were going to be definitely out of, out of Peach Bowl. And, yeah. uh, and I just think for, for players who have high draft stock, you know, we're not talking about elite quarterback play or or top five running back, Saquon Barkley sort of stuff, but that one extra game where they've got nothing to prove going into it and the chance of injury is just not worth it for, for these two guys. So it, in my opinion, I think it's right that it, whilst we talked about the bowl games being hugely important for the game itself, and each team, the players should have sort of, um, they shouldn't be judged if they decide to step out because of declaring for the draft, because it is, it's, it's their future they're playing for. And that one extra game, we've seen it happen. Players go in and play it, they get injured and their draft stock is hugely hampered or their career is finished. So rightly so, Kenny Pickett and Michigan State running back Kenny Thorker will be skipping the bowl game. Yeah, as as we said last week, this this was expected, and and I think I, I, I imagine a lot of people expected it. These two in particular have got nothing left to prove this year. They've had exceptional years and exceptional careers with their programs, and and as you say, there's a lot of risk going into a game that they don't have to play. Some choose to 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 do a final showcase before the the senior bowl or the combine, the individual program pro days, but uh, it, it's unsurprising. We're going to see more. Uh, we're going to see a lot more, and we're already well. We've got news of uh, of a whole bunch of of other players who have declared early, and and some of those are going to be skipping their their um their their bowl games as well. So it's unsurprising. Yeah, one of the star running backs of this year's class is Iowa State's Brees Hall. He's going to be skipping the Cheez It Bowl against Clemson and preparing for the twenty two draft. He leaves college as one of the standing running back running backs, ending his third year with the Cyclones. Just a casual three thousand nine hundred and forty one yards and fifty rushing touchdowns for Brees Hall. So, one of this year's big time running backs, uh, fantasy targets in your dynasty drafts, is skipping the Cheez It Bowl. No surprise again, Ash. No, really, not a surprise that he's deciding to uh, to forego his senior year and 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 go in. He he'll be coming in as, in my opinion, the top the top running back in the class. He's 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 had another unbelievable year. Um, I think it's, he this year alone he finished with over fourteen hundred yards and twenty touchdowns, um, which I think hit the twenty is I think he was tied top with with three or four other people with the most touchdowns and. Yeah, he's had a few injury issues this year. He's had a couple of games where he's had to leave, but he's not missed a, a great deal of time in his college career, which obviously his stats goes to show that. And again, another player who doesn't want to risk it in the final game and and is is going to be a high commodity in the in the draft class. I think it's it's him, and uh, I'd say he's one or two at the moment in the uh, in the in the, in the running backs that are, that are going to be in this draft class. So, yeah. It, it, 
I'm trying to think of the other guy from uh, who else am I thinking of? Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah, yeah, text saying I, 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 a lot of people have him as the top guy, and just because of his, he's he's obviously got the uh, the all round ability. But I'd say that Brees Hall is right alongside him, if not above him, with with the same similar skill sets. And, and but Brees Hall's a wrecking ball when he gets when he gets moving as well. Yeah, I think we before we move on, Ash, I think we should touch on just just how good Bailey Zapp was in his game for yeah. Western Kentucky. I mean, Joe Burrows a couple of seasons ago when he when he won the Heisman and sort of broke out for LSU, had sixty touchdowns. And then I I think I messaged Bay I messaged the group chat saying Bailey Zapp needs three touchdowns to equal second place, not thinking he'd get anywhere near Joe Burrows sixty. And then he, he throws, I can't remember how many he threw on the day, but he ended up with 62 touchdowns on the year. Um, yeah, he threw six on, uh, on in the bowl game against App State. And as you say, yeah, he ended yeah. up the out-and-out winner. I mean, well, out-and-out leader. Yeah, he finished this season with 5,967 yards and 62 passing yards, uh, mm. uh, passing touchdowns. Absolutely unbelievable game from Bailey Zapp. And... Yeah, just oh yeah, to, just to break Great. Joe just to to break Joe Burrow's record is phenomenal, and it's going to be living long in the memory as well. Considering this is his last game, it's a bowl game. He's draft; he'll be in the draft. He's a senior, so as you say, it happened with Burrow's last year across the year, and and obviously um, Zap's gone under the radar playing for Western Kentucky. But this is going to do his draft stock a world of good, and if he has a good, um, if he has a good. Well, if he goes to the combine, if he has a good, if he has a good combine, if he has a good pro day, I mean, there's someone to keep an eye out as a as a a, a rising star in the draft class. I think he's gonna uh, he's probably gonna surprise a few people with where he goes with the state of these quarterbacks in the in the current in the draft class. Yeah, and he also set the sing, single season passing record uh, for yardage, which was set in 2003 by Texas Tech's quarterback B.J. Simmons. So that's nearly 20 years old. Uh, 5,800 yards, and he goes and sets more, 5,900-odd. It's just, yeah. yeah, unbelievable from Bailey's app. So, well done, Bailey. I wanted to bring that to, just in case we missed it, Ash, I wanted to make sure that was mentioned. I know it's we're talking about draft declarees, but I forgot, and we're going back to it. Well, I mean, to be fair, he is in the, he is in the draft this year, so it's, it, it kind of counts. Well, we're now going to be talking about another other underclassmen players who have also announced early draft entries for the 2022 draft. Our Kansas wide receiver, Traylon Burks. Huge, huge talent, this kid. And it's not surprising to to see Arkansas's Traylon Burks declare. No, uh, no, definitely not. I think, he, again, he, it, everyone was expecting it. He came into the year as one of the top-rated uh, wide receivers in this draft class and, and has done nothing to sway that this is a this is a very good wide receiver draft class there's a lot of guys who are being discussed as first or second round talents and mm-hmm. uh and burks is right up there with them and uh we could be because it's because it's wide receiver there's always that stigma of taking them in the first round. But I, I mean, to be honest, early, early doors, we'll, we'll get down to a few more names. And then there's, there's a whole bunch of other guys as well that, that we're waiting to declare. We could see a handful of, of wide receivers go in the first round uh, and most definitely in the second round. And, and Burks is going to be right up there. This was, this was his best year at Arkansas. He finished with 
1,100 yards, I believe, and uh, 11 touchdowns on the ground. Um, yeah, exceptional talent, and he's uh, he's going to be a high commodity in the draft class. All of these guys are. There's a whole handful that we'll be speaking about, and most of these. The reason I've highlighted these ones, there's, there's a bunch more of early uh, underclassmen that have declared early, but these are the ones that are... That, that are in round one consideration, if not some of them top 10, most definitely. Yeah. Somebody else who's declared, who perhaps we spoke about maybe not declaring, is Ole Miss's quarterback, Matt Corral. And uh, didn't... Obviously, it's understandable with him possibly being the number one quarterback in this draft class. But I thought he might see out that bowl game for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. But he, he's he's getting ready for the draft. And another one of the quarterbacks, Ash, I'll just mention it, is Carson Strong from Nevada, your boy. Yeah, hugely high on him, and it's no surprise to see him forego their bowl game. And develop Nevada make a bowl game? Uh, yeah, I do believe Nevada are in a bowl game. Yeah, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly sure they are. They had a positive record. They must be. I can't remember off the top of my head which one they are in, but <laughs> yeah, there's only sixty five of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's four, yeah, it's forty eight different bowl games. Can't can't remember them all, can we? But no, this is—it's not surprising that he's—he's he's also well that he's declaring early with it, him and Corral with the way this uh, this quarterback draft class is. It's it's anybody's game. Who who is the top guy? Who, depends on who you speak to. Will will give you a different name. And as I said last week, mine's changing. Mine's changing on the daily. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, not not surprising at all. No, no to Dame safety Kyle Hamilton and running back. Kyron Williams are both declaring for the draft. No surprise with Kyle Hamilton with his injury, just heading straight in and doing his draft prep. And then Kyron Williams again, running back. Don't play that last game if you don't need to. No, no, exactly. Uh, Hamilton's top five guy at the moment on on a lot of people's boards. And uh, and for me, he is as well. So no surprises here at all. Yep. Moving on, we've got linebacker from Oklahoma, Nick Benito. And then obviously, Oregon's Ed Rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau, hugely, it, it it just makes complete sense for Thibodeau to declare for the draft because he, he yeah. could go number one. He could well go number one. He's in he's in with a real shout of that, him and there's him and a, a couple of other guys. But I think Thibodeau, it's, it's his to lose. Um, I think Hutchinson's given a good account of himself this year to try and push him for that number one. But I'd be very surprised if we don't hear his name called, Kevin Thibodeau, his name at the, as the number one in April. It, what's The only thing I've got about this is Oregon Deja Vu with Penne Sewell. Because yeah, he was true. like the boxed-in number one for the entire off-season last year. And then falls to Detroit. So, I, I, yeah, you, when you get a good defensive end like we saw with Miles Garrett, the guy goes number one overall. And yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau's got all of that game. So like, it wouldn't surprise me to see him end up in. I can't tell you where he's going to go because the NFL this year is completely messed up, and <laughs> the number one pick isn't decided yet. So. Yeah, madness, madness. Uh, a couple of Purdue boys now. We've got wide receiver David Bell, who, if you are looking for a polished NFL receiver, you want to plug in week one to play some football, <laughs> David Bell's your boy. And then edge rusher George Karlaftis as well. So he's another decent edge player, actually, who's got some ability. Yeah, I'd say Karlaftis is the third um, edge rusher in the draft class at the moment behind behind Fibido and 
and Hutchinson. Um, so again, I thought he might have come out um, early, and he has done so. I want, he, he's he's probably locked in as a as a as a first round pick. We have, now have three Aggies. The Texas A and M boys are one, two, three on this list here in front of me. We've got defensive tackle Demarvin Leal, running back Isaiah Spiller, as we mentioned, then tight end Jalen Widermeyer. So, uh, is Widermeyer any good, Ash? Yeah, Widermeyer is very good. Um, he's probably one of the top tight ends, depending on what you want as well. This guy's more of a, an offensive piece and a, a passing weapon but highly rated recruit coming into their Texas a m had a solid career with them um and again as i said i think he's probably in with a shout of being the number one tight end when it comes to when it comes to april uh demarvin leal is in most people's books a top 10 um player to, for the draft and and, and the, the best defensive tackle in the draft class I think he's probably knocking on the door of a top five um, pick at the moment, uh, and then obviously as I Spiller, who we, who we mentioned earlier, is 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 the is one of, if not the top running back in the class. So three big players leaving A and M early. Yeah, moving on to, I've not obviously done my full list of wide receivers yet, but Drake London from USC. Yes, I might be slightly tainted because he was on my showdown team. But Drake London is one of the wide receivers in this draft class. Now, there's a few, you know, both the Ohio boys, if they, when they come out, uh, they can do this. But Jake, Drake London can put a team on his back and he can carry a game across the line of scrimmage. And you, if you want that from your wide receiver, which who doesn't want a wide receiver who can carry the back the team on their back? Drake London is that guy for me. And absolutely love this guy on film. It's just a real shame he got injured towards the end of the season. Yeah, uh, interesting that you say about your list. He is he is currently my top wide receiver. Um, I've got him closely followed by the two Ohio State guys. If they both decide to come out, obviously Olave would definitely be coming out because he went back for his super senior year. Um, Wilson is still up in the air. He is eligible, but it depends on it, on whether he does come out or not, uh, or if he goes back for his senior year. But yeah, I agree. London can put the team on his back, and he's shown that many times at USC. And he's going to be one of the top, one of the top wide receivers, if not the top wide receiver. Uh, I think he'll he'll probably be the first one taken at the moment, depending yeah, on just... uh, on 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 team needs, I suppose. Because obviously, yeah, depending on who you look at, and depending on what wide receivers they like. Yeah, and and, and I suppose it was only a, an ankle fracture, wasn't it? It wasn't a clean yeah. break. So yeah, I imagine that was. That must have been like six, seven weeks ago now, Ash, that happened. So, yeah, was... he's getting on now. Yeah, he's, he's oh, going to yeah. be fit for the off for the off season and the, and the build up to the draft. So. Yeah, that's that's all he needs for that. I mean, I didn't want to say I put a preliminary list together. I went on uh, Pitsy and Rob. They have a little home league, which I'm in. I say a little home league. That's pretty disparaging. Their home league. I went on. Um, there as a guest, just as as a member of, they talk about their home league on a little on a little podcast. It is a little podcast. They do a small podcast on their home league, and I went on as a guest to talk about my matchup, how I did, and then they asked me for some college players, and I had Drake London as my number one receiver, but I didn't want to commit to that in case you were going to be uh, <sighs> abusive towards my list. But I'm pleased that you've got him number one as well, because that could be that could be a spot not spicy, but you know that 
I think if both Ohio boys do come out, just the pedigree we've seen from them would perhaps have people ahead of Drake London on their list. So maybe we can buck a little bit of a trend there, Ash. And then finally, we get to Mississippi State's offensive tackle, Charles Cross. I know mm. nothing about this fella. Uh, he's my number two tackle uh, in the draft class. Uh, he's someone who's gone a bit under the radar. He's only played two seasons um, with um, Mississippi State, but because he was a freshman starter, uh, I think he finished in the, I think he was in the freshman SEC freshman team of the year. And I think he's had all SEC honours in both of his seasons with Mississippi State. He is uh, he's going early and I think he's going to be definitely a first round pick. And, and in my opinion, he's going to be the second tackle taken after Evan Neal from, from Alabama. Marvellous. Good to know. Okay. We've got some bowl game reviews, Ash. It's been quite a long time now since December the 17th and the first bowl yeah. games happened. <laughs> you know, we had uh, on December the 17th, we had the Cure Bowl. Uh, Northern Illinois lost 41-47 to Coastal Carolina in a game that was pretty good. I've seen some of the highlights from that. And then we also had the Bahamas Bowl, which we found out was in the Bahamas and Middle Tennessee beat Toledo 31-24. Uh, have you seen anything of those games, Ash, or is that too long ago now to, to really <laughs> warrant? <laughs> no, no, I did. I did see. I saw the coastal one. I didn't see the uh, the Middle Tennessee Toledo, but I saw the coastal one, and it was as good as as you'd expect with these two teams who have had solid years respectively. Um, uh, I think coastal were the. Um, I think it was fair that they won the game. I think on the on the. On the whole, they were the better team, and and from that, Isaiah likely has obviously played his last game. He's the he's again another well, one of the top tight ends going into the class. But but Grayson McCall staying, which I found quite surprising. I thought he would declare early, but he's decided to stay another year. And and he had a solid game. I think he finished over three hundred yards and four touchdowns, and and likely was just shy of a hundred yards and two touchdowns. So he's a real pass receiving tight end that's going to be a hot commodity in the in the NFL draft. Yep. Moving on to the 18th of December then, we had a New Mexico Bowl where UTEP played Fresno State. Fresno State came out 31-24 winners in that one. The Boca Raton Bowl, as we mentioned, Bailey Zapp put Western Kentucky on his back along with Mitchell Tinsley and they beat App State 59-38. So if you took the over in that one, congratulations. We had uh, the LA Bowl, Utah State beat Oregon State 24-13. The Aggies just demolished Oregon State in that game on both sides of the ball. I've seen a few of those highlights again. Shame you're not here, George, to, uh, to talk about that one. And then we've got some review games. Uh, no, actually, we've got the Lending Tree Bowl, Ash. Eastern Michigan lost to Liberty. Liberty won 56-20. So that was a very, very one-sided bowl game when you expect these things to be fairly close, like the Western Kentucky App State game. That one got out of hand in a hurry. Yeah, um, just quickly on the Liberty one, Malik Willis signed off his career at Liberty with a bang and has, has done his has done his uh, draft stock a whole world of good just just on that performance <laughs> yeah. alone. He was yeah he was on fire and another name that we have to look out for in the uh, in the draft. Um, and as you said, Bailey's up. Western Kentucky. I I had App State down to win that one, but yeah, Bailey Bailey's up and uh, and Co really really put it to App State on the day. Yeah, my, my uh, December the 18th lucky 15 was an absolute shambles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got a couple of in the, uh, review games we're going to dive into a little bit here. We've got the Independence Bowl, 
UAB beat BYU in a shock 31-28 win, Ash. Yeah, and I mean, it was all about the running backs in this game. Um, Tyler Algier of BYU, just shy of 200 yards on the ground, I think it's with 192 off 27 carries and, and three touchdowns. And then Dwayne McBride from um, from UAB, 183 yards and a touchdown. And then I think he also had a few yards in the air, so finishing over over 200, 200 yards himself. Uh, it was a very back-and-forth game. I watched the first half and the first quarter, UAB absolutely trounced BYU. They were at 14-0 yeah. at the end of the first quarter, and I, I, I thought that they were going to run away with it rather surprisingly. But BYU came back, and, and I think they were only down... I think they were down a score. I think it was 21-14 at halftime. And then... A really close second half, but but BYU just weren't able to get over the line, and 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 UAB were able to do enough. Um, I think, in fact, the final play, they went for it on fourth down, um, and um, lost the ball, um, and and fumbled it, and it was recovered by by UAB to to, to win the game. I think there was still about three or three three or so minutes left, but. Most of the time, if a team gets a ball back with with three and a half minutes and they're up by a score, they ain't they're not giving the ball away. And, and UAB did that; they kept all of the ball. They ran it down and, and and walked away winners winners of the uh, of the Independence Bowl. And it, yeah, it was a good game. Is I recommend watching the highlights if you get a chance to. Close game, hard fought on both sides, and and it all being done on the ground. Really, I don't think either of the quarterbacks. I know I think Hopkins did have three touchdowns, but neither of the quarterbacks touched went over 200 yards passing and I don't think Baylor Romney from from BYU did a great deal at all he didn't need to Algier um Algier did majority of it on the ground for him he's going to be a good game he's going to be a name to look out for next year obviously he will be going back to school because he's still got another year of eligibility left but yeah expect to see his name a lot more next year absolutely and then in the New Orleans Bowl we had uh the Raging Cajuns Louisiana beat Marshall 36-21 and uh Huge, huge year for Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, 13 and 1 they finished with and a bowl victory. I will be honest, this game, I think the score is, I wouldn't say it's flattering. Marshall gave Louisiana a, a an exceptional game right up until the final quarter. I think Louisiana put 20 on them in the final quarter. They were down uh, 21 um, 21 to 16 until, until the fourth quarter. And then Louisiana... Pumped it into gear and, and 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 went away with it, and it looks it looks a lot more flattering on the scoreline. But you've got to give credit to um, Marshall more so. Again, the running game for Marshall: Rasheen Ali, 160 yards and three touchdowns. Surprisingly, Marshall's quarterback Grant Wells, who again is another highly rated guy, got a couple of years of eligibility left. He had a he had a terrible time against Louisiana defense. Louisiana shut him down so much throughout the game that they just they put it on they put it on Rasheen Ali, uh, who who was able to, as I say, up to the fourth quarter, have these guys in the lead, and then and then Levy Lewis and and Co turned it on, and and again another 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 rushing game. Um, Amani Bailey two touchdowns, but I think. On the face of it, Louisiana unsurprisingly won the game, but the actual game itself was a lot more close up until the until the fourth quarter. I think Marshall blew blew themselves out, unfortunately, um, and weren't weren't able to to see it through. That's one I think I might go back and catch the highlights later on. Yeah, exciting. It was it was an exciting fourth quarter. Um, yes. In particular, they um, Marshall just 
did all they could to hold on, but yeah, just too much, too much in the in the in the final in the final for them. On the twentieth of December, we had the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Tulsa beat Old Dominion thirty seventeen, which was annoying because I had Old Dominion plus ten uh, <laughs> in the start of my next. These next four games were my next lucky fifteen. Uh, on the twenty first of December, we had in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State upset. Wyoming 52-38 that was a, a a big win for Kent State there Ash and then we do have a review game San Diego State ran the ball very well against UTSA and they came out 38-24 winners yeah San Diego in the yeah San Diego offense was um was very good in this game Lucas Johnson the quarterback of San Diego had a had a great game over 300 yards three touchdowns as you say they ran the ball well uh, again uh, Greg Bell just over 100 yards and a score on the ground but yeah they, they it was another it was another weird game again UTSA got out to a great start and and were up at the at the end of the first quarter 14 to 7 and then San Diego shut them down from from there on the third quarter um UTSA did put up 10 uh, they had a they had a touchdown and a and a and a field goal but the third, the, the second half was really all about all about San Diego. They 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 managed the game well and they put the ball in the end zone. And um I think the interception in the just I think it's towards the end of the third quarter. Um the UTSA intercepted um sorry um San, San Diego. Diego, yeah, San Diego intercepted UT, uh, Frank Harris at UTSA, and I think really at that point the writing was on the wall. From there on out, they they sort of they took all of the the wind out of the sails of uh, of UTSA and and just sort of put the game to bed there. Fair enough. And then finally, I say finally because we don't technically know the result of the game, the Gator Bowl on the twenty third of December yet. The Armed Forces Bowl was on December the twenty second. Army managed to get a win against Missouri 24-22. There was quite a few players for Missouri missing in this one, Ash. Uh, yeah. Although you'd expect perhaps the SEC team to get the win over the option, uh, one of the service academies who all run the option. But Missouri's run defense was appalling all year long. And uh, as we can imagine, Army ran the ball on Missouri and managed to get the, the two-point win, which is a big win for for the service academy against an SEC team, regardless of who was playing or not. Yeah, it was a shot result, definitely a shot result, despite, as you say, Missouri missing players. And and the way Army won it with a, with a field goal as time expired was was apparent for the game. I think um, the Army had their third string quarterback um, event because Christian Anderson and uh, Christian Anderson, who I think is their second string, went down injured. Um, and... Jabri Lewis, I think is the is the is the lad's name. He had to come in. I, he didn't. I mean, to be fair, none of the uh, none of the passes of of Army really did anything in the game. Um, but but yeah, Jabri Jabri Laws. Sorry, not Lewis. Jabri Laws came in, and yeah, they had their third string quarterback in 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 there. But they won it on the field goal, and and on the day that it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely. A deserved victory, despite who Missouri were missing. Um, I think in particular they they missed um, Taylor Baddy, the um, the wide the running back for them, who is there. He's been their main weapon all year. Without him, they 
they really struggled. Um, they, um, I, they I had really a stat today that after Taylor Baddy, obviously their quarterback who didn't play because he's declared for the draft. Baz, Baslick, Connor Baslick, I think, yeah. I think Connor Baslick, yeah. He, he didn't play because he was second on the team in rushing attempts. But after Taylor Baddy, the next guy who had the next person on the rushing attempts list had 24 rushes. Which is like two hundred less than Baddy had throughout the season. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, he's a yeah. workhorse. He can do everything, and, and he, he was. Be, he could be a bit of a steal. I would say so. Yeah, the the game runs through runs through him at Missouri. No no pun intended, but yeah, it's it's all about him. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, this game Missouri lost this game themselves in the second half in particular. I think they they were stopped on downs uh, one couple of times i think once or twice and they also fumbled the ball in in army's half and yeah they 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 were they were disappointing despite who they were missing in the second half but you can't take anything away from um from from army um in in the game on the day i think standout player for me on the defensive side of the ball and and and, and probably was one of the main reasons that that the, the army won this game was their linebacker Eric Smith he's a senior so he'll be leaving this year don't don't expect to see him in the draft if you do it's going to be late but he had a great game he finished with 12 tackles two and a half of those were for a loss and he also had two sacks he he caused um Missouri's offense all sorts of issues throughout the whole game and and kept army in it and then, as I say, they, they, they won it as time expired with a field goal. It wasn't the most exciting game to watch, but just the ending and, and the fact that Arnie, as you say, the, the, the underdogs of this game managed to get the victory was uh, is uh, something in itself to uh, to go and watch if you get a chance to. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Missouri were plus four and a half at kickoff yeah. in Vegas shows you that the players missing and stuff gave Army a choice, a chance in that one, sorry. but uh, Army yeah. celebrated like they, like, like they won. As time expired as well, they were they were buzzing with this victory. Yeah, it's a, a big win for them in a bowl game. Yeah, big definitely. Win. Yeah. That, Ash, brings us to the end of the show, Doc. Is there anything else you would like to talk today? Obviously, we've shorter than normal, but it is Christmas Eve. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's uh, obviously, yeah, we've still got a load of bowl games to go. Um, it's, it's, let's say, almost daily from here on out. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the... I say I'm looking forward to the playoffs, but the way the... America's going at the moment with the COVID. They've already got um, plans in place as to if any of the games are mm. postponed or well, they won't be postponed. There isn't enough time to postpone them. So, if a team pulls out, the other team advances to, to the finals. If both teams fall, pull out, it's a no contest, and the other two, the other the other fixture decides it. If all three teams and only one team is is remaining, there yeah. will be declared the champions. There won't be. They're not. They're not scrapping it off completely unless. All, all four teams can't <laughs> compete, then they will. It will be there'll be no winner this year. I'll be very surprised if that happens, but I would hate to see three out of the four teams not be able to fulfill their semi-final when someone wins it like that, unless it's Cincinnati. I will, it would I will, be the most Cincinnati. It would be. Thing. It really would. Could you imagine the way like they finally got to a they finally got to the playoffs? The first yeah. non-power five team to do it. And 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 for that to happen it will just be <sighs> typical. It'll be it will tarnish them that just their their national championship but we've, let's we've, hope it doesn't come to that and i don't think it will but uh, no i don't think it's i think the the programs although we are seeing it left right and center with with just general life i think these programs are going to be so well insulated and, yeah. and protected for this exact occasion that fingers crossed you know knock on wood that we, we get to see all four teams 
compete in, in their playoffs. But that's uh, that's that's after Christmas and the mince pies have been smashed down. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, after Christmas is when the when the the the, the big games start to happen. Obviously, tonight is uh, tonight when we're recording. Uh, yesterday for the for the listeners, we got the Gasparilla Bowl, which is Florida UCF, and then up until sort of the 27th, 28th uh, is when we start seeing more of the uh, the bigger teams coming in, more of the ranked teams. Uh, and then it starts to get really exciting from there on out. Yeah. Jack's got a Big Ten bowl game review, uh, preview, sorry, coming up on the site. It, it, it would probably be there by the time you listen. If not, it will be very, very close rationation. Ash, this has been fun, mate. I'm pleased you're out of isolation in time for Christmas. I hope you have a fantastic couple of days doing whatever it is you're doing but i imagine we'll be back on wednesday right there's nothing going to stop us from the midweek madness you know we will be here on wednesday most definitely and uh more games to more more bowl games to review and a, a lot more new news i'm sure yeah i imagine the news is going to start coming thick and fast now as we get towards the bowl Definitely. season proper ash merry christmas my friend i hope you have a really good one Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sticking with us this season. I say this season, this year, I suppose, although we're going to do another one before the end of the year, so I don't know what I'm saying. But Merry Christmas, Rush Nation. It's been an absolute honour to host these shows with Ash. Everybody stay safe over the holidays period. Enjoy yourselves. Don't worry about what you eat and drink because, as we all know, this time is precious. So just enjoy yourselves. Take care of everybody. Take care of your families. Ash, you enjoy going to your grandma's house and then board games i hope it's a good board game that you are going to be playing or several i expect to hear all about it rush nation that leaves me with one thing to say or two things really merry christmas and don't forget saturdays are for rushing too HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.